Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, Scrumptious Ones. This is Jacqueline Gates, and you are here on a call that I have called Up Level Everything. And I'm going to welcome you all. Hello, hello to everybody who's both dialed in and on the phone. Um, I'm so thrilled that you're here. I don't intend for this call to be very long. I would rather it be short and potent so that you can listen to it often um, if needed and glean what you need. Um, I will say also that I'm going to give you some, there's going to be some odd pauses so that you can actually stop and make notes as you're listening to the recording. I do want this to be evergreen. There will be a Q&A section at the end, um, and so we can begin. I want to tell you, first of all, <laughs> that I am giving you this call. I'm sitting in, a, in the room, a corner suite of a five-star hotel. I can see the entire Minneapolis skyline around me. Um, I have like the state-of-the-art internet. I've got a whole bar next to me with $9 cashews. Can you believe $9 cashews? And it is absolutely fabulous. And it is like my gift to myself for up-leveling everything. In short, what I'm going to teach you actually, actually works. And I'm going to share my story, the story of, of how I've got here um, as we move through the call. But just to know that I am delivering this surrounded by my version of luxuriousness. And obviously, we all have our own. This is mine. Five-star hotels, room service, um, just everything, all the bells and whistles, and it's absolutely gorgeous. I don't want to add to your information overload in this call. It actually started off, I was going to call this, this call, Seven Ways to Godessify Your Life. <laughs> and just saying it makes me kind of want to gag a little because it's so marketing, blah, blah, right? Seven ways to do this, seven ways to be Beyonce, seven ways. It, 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 it's just so formulaic. And seriously, we all have enough information. We have so much on our hard drives. We've been downloading free ebooks and we've been doing all those little tests and reading blog posts and even what we haven't already gathered, we can reach just by typing something into Google. So <laughs> while I was writing this, I, I came up with a really odd analogy. So here it is. If you were a duck, okay, so if you were a duck who had been raised by hens, you would have a lot of information on how to be a hen, right? But you wouldn't know how to swim because obviously hens don't swim. So now, if a well-meaning person came along and thought you were a hen and wanted to help you swim, 
they would do all sorts of odd things, like perhaps they would build you a mini outboard motor or make something fancy for your, you know, to paddle with. When in fact, all that needs to happen is for you to be reminded that you are in fact a duck. You don't need all these bits and pieces. You need to remember who you are and what you're going for. You might need a pond, of course, and you might need a role model or two. But it's not a case of education. It's a case of reminding. It's a case of reinstatement, right? Does that make sense to everybody? Yes, yes? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, because it was such an odd analogy, but I was thinking it's the only way I can think of it to, to explain. So what I have to present to you tonight is a way to make use of everything you've gathered and experienced and uncovered about yourself. It is a really sleek and potent operating system. It is deceptively simple and wide-ranging. And the fact that I'm sitting here in a five-star hotel is proof that it works. So there are three sections to this. And because of the way I see the world, I decide, the world is my realm, right? So I've called them realm rules. Realm rule number one is devotion. What you focus on, you get more of. Where attention goes, energy flows. This is the fundamental teaching in law of attraction. It is, you can see it um, in weight loss, in house sales, in debt, clearance, that kind of thing. What happens is, though, it's the number one mistake people make with applying the law of attraction. It, in other words, they, they focus their attention or they embed the wrong focus of their attention into mantras or visualization or something. The prime one that I see often is being debt-free. Being debt-free still has the focus on debt. I want to lose weight always means that you're going to have to have weight to lose. Otherwise, you can't be truthful. If you say, I am losing weight, you always have to have something to lose or else you won't be telling the truth to yourself. If you are clearing debt, you must have debt to clear. It even showed up when I was selling my house. Um, it, we took nearly a year initially to sell the house because we were trying to get out of it. In other words, and everybody who arrived with us shared that focus. They wanted to get out of the house. And so nobody wanted to get into the house, which really doesn't help. There is, there is a, a, a nuance to our focus that is very, very important to clarify. And a lot of the time, it's actually what I have found, that this is why goal setting the standard alpha type goal setting doesn't work for a lot of imaginative and creative people because having one goal has always made me feel like I might be missing out on some other stuff. And even if I do focus on one thing, there, because I'm creative and imaginative, I can see a, a bazillion ways of getting there, a whole lot of hows, 
and I end up with this kind of paralysis. And when I put my attention on one particular thing, what I find is that the gap between there and where I am now gets really, really kind of in my face. Have you have you guys noticed that for yourself? It's almost like um, in the in the English subway, uh, in the tube, they will tell you there's signs everywhere that says "mind the gap." They draw people's attention to the gap between the platform and the and the um, the edge of the train. When we are working on a goal, the gap can become a huge attention suck. In other words, we keep looking at the proof that we are not there yet. The way I found to kind of make this all a non-item is to ask and to uncover what I am devoted to. See, devotion is, is a, it's a very different way of looking at how you move through the world. There are lots of ways to identify and frame it. You can call them core values. You can do desire mapping. Um, I love Fabeku, Fatimiche's way of doing it. He finds a superpower. Basically, it's the thing behind the thing you're after. And what's really, really cool is that devotion, when you work out what you're devoted to, it trumps discipline. You don't have to have discipline when you have devotion. When I am devoted to having lots of energy in the day. I don't have to be disciplined to exercise or walk or go to yoga. It happens. When my daughter, for example, is devoted to honoring life on this planet, therefore it never crosses her mind to not be vegan, not be vegetarian, right? It it, it is a devotion. Therefore, she doesn't have to be disciplined when she goes out to eat because her devotion is to something that basically works behind all her decisions. When I started uncovering my own devotion, it it came as rather a surprise. I initially was devoted to being a goddess, right? I started I, I decided I was the goddess known as Jackie way back in twenty ten. And that devotion meant that I had to question and up-level a whole lot of things, right? Boundaries, for example, what I would say yes to, what I would say no to. Um, the label became almost like a lens through which I could look at my life. And it also was a yardstick, um, something to measure up, you know, would a goddess do that? Would a goddess behave this way? Would she say that? Would she buy that? Would she eat that? Um, it was the way I called it radical relabeling. Um, and it made a profound difference in my life. And what was really interesting is as I became more goddess, the gaps, in other words, the contrast, really began to show. And it was an enormous shock to me when I started um, using oracle cards and various other divination things. What came up over and over again was a sense of independence. Independence was something that I am not experienced in. I have never been truly independent except on stage. I've been married for 34 years. Um, I went straight from my father's house into my husband's house. 
um, it's just independence had, and I've never wanted to be independent from, but I was looking at doing an independence to, an independence to buy things as I wish, do things, say things, dress, all this. And it wasn't independence within my marriage necessarily. It was independence within my entire life that I was searching for. And this is where my devotion came in because I began to be devoted to my own independence, my independence of thought, my independence of dress, my independence of making money. I realized when, within all this uncovering that that was why network marketing and in entrepreneurship really rang my bell, even before I realized why it rang for me, was the sense of independence, this, this subversive nonconformity, right? And I've been much too much of a Libra to be a lone wolf, but I am very, very focused and devoted now on enhancing and amplifying my independence. And what that looks to me, how that looks to me is sovereignty. Sovereignty over ownership of my life. So when you play with what am I devoted to, it's easy to see where, the, again, the gap is, right? So you, you're looking at who you want to be, what you're devoted to, and where you are now. I found out in my life that there was a very big gap between what I was devoted to, which was independence and sovereignty, and where I was now. At the time, um, I was still, you know, sort of doing retail. I was doing all sorts of very ordinary things that I felt that, just didn't jive with how I wanted to be. The LOA folks call it contrast, and it can suck your attention. I didn't want to do such a revolution that my family wouldn't recognize me, right? That felt like too much hard work. I have tried massive changes, like overnight do this and suddenly become, you know, something completely different, and they never stuck. They never stuck with diet. They never stuck with budgets. They never stuck with anything because it was too intense for me. And the idea, the opposite of that is baby steps. Baby steps, oh, I, I hate the term. It kind of makes me, it's so puerile and infantile. It, it's, to me, it feels belittling. I know why people say it, but it doesn't feel empowering to me. What I wanted was a different way of progress, of logging my progress. In the theater, the best directors will notice, at the, in their notes, at the end of each rehearsal, will say what you did better this time. The words you didn't fall over, for example, this costume change that went really well, the, the scenery that you remembered to handle properly. It's this idea of betterment. Betterment completely cured my frustration about a seeming lack of progress and the ebbs and flows of change. You can write this down. Betterment is a devotion to consistent and strategic up-leveling. This is realm rule number two. 
It's a devotion to betterment. A devotion to a consistent and strategic up-leveling. You all with me so far? Mm. That's fantastic. So now, <laughs> so now the third part, and then we're going to pull them all together. The third realm rule is sovereignty is the highest form of service. Sovereignty is the highest form of service. And even as I say it now, and I've been practicing it for a long time now, the nuns in my head are having an absolute hissy fit because it is almost counter, well, it is counter to almost everything that we are taught, particularly as women, but generally as good, inverted commas, people. As you begin betterment, as you become devoted to the things that matter to you, you will more than likely hit resistance. Resistance comes both from your insides and from your outsides, and it usually sounds like something like, who do you think you are? And it's so interesting to me that how we resist, it it fascinates me how we resist change. Because it's only through change that we can survive. Nature shows that over and over again. Only through change can we adapt and survive. And only through change can we thrive. And yet we are kind of hardwired, and Janet will be able to tell you the whole brain thing about this, (laughs) to resist change, right? Which is why betterment works so well, because it's incremental. And if you've ever said something like, my life is not my own, or I don't know where the day went, or I wish I had said yes, or I wish I had said no, these are signs of needing some sovereignty, needing to check in on your sovereignty. See, change never, ever comes from the herd. Change comes from the misfits. Change comes from the creators, the individualists, the sovereign amongst us. Change comes in our lives when we do something different. When we do something different, it's really cool to be able to say, well, that makes things better in the direction that I'm going. The definition of sovereignty is a state of supreme power within borders. See, the within borders are very, very important. And that was the part that got me most um, messed up initially, this idea of borders. Borders and boundaries are key because when our borders get crossed, we feel violated, we feel used, we get resentful, we feel vulnerable. None of those are really powerful um, states to be in. When we set and hold clear-cut boundaries, it is the greatest act of self-love and service to others that you can do. Because people will know where they stand with you. It is honest. It is authentic. It is non-manipulative. And dear God, we need non-manipulative these days, especially in marketing. It's also hugely magnetic. 
it also it does things like it calms family um the sort of the, the, the things that irk you in families the constant niggles those can get smoothed out so easily when you step into sovereignty when you understand what you're devoted to and make a, a, a focus on betterment i'll give you one very small example my gorgeous son still lives with us he is a grown man um, he's job hunting like 900 hours a week. Um, he also has a habit of eating a full meal, cooking himself a full meal like at 3 o'clock in the morning, which is lovely except that I come into a kitchen with dishes. Now, it's not to say that he leaves everything a mess. He doesn't. But there are always dishes around. This became an irk, what I call an irk, right? It's just, just like... Mm. Um, and so... I started thinking, well, maybe we should sort of lever him out of the apartment, <laughs> make him get something on his own. And then I realized my devotion was not to that. My devotion was to having an easy morning and feeling like my space was, I want to say beautiful. There's, there's something very freeing for me to walk into a clean and organized kitchen in the morning. It's just one of my things. And so when I said to him, I am setting a boundary. I would like to keep the kitchen clean. In the, so you either wash up as soon as you're done eating or you stack things into the dishwasher if it's not full. Whatever, it, However you handle this, I don't want to come in to dirty dishes first thing in the morning. And it stopped. And it was such an easy thing to do when I had been festering over it for two weeks. The way that I could handle it was not to say, my God, you make such a mess, or don't eat at 3 o'clock in the morning, or any of the other things. It was simply to state what I expected in my space and have him agree to that. And it didn't happen overnight. There was a lot of forgetting, obviously. But each time it happened, I noted the betterment. And we went on from there. My mother used to have a saying, and it makes me laugh every time. She says, martyrdom will kill you. <laughs> martyrdom can show up very subtly or overtly. And we all can feel it, all of it. We can feel, we can just sense it. And in the process... Martyrdom will kill your relationships, your willingness, your children's willingness to contribute, and your joy. It's not worth it. And the antidote to martyrdom is sovereignty. And again, not overnight, not cataclysmic, not intense and horrible, but betterment. A slow and steady, incremental devotion to consistent and strategic up-leveling. So, in conclusion, I've already done half an hour. Hmm. Um, so here are the four questions for your new operating system. They will guide your everything. Uncover what you're devoted to. There will be more than one thing, obviously. When you're looking at something, whatever it is that you're wanting to change or shift or do differently. Ask what you're devoted to. 
ask yourself, is my focus here now, is my focus on that devotion or is it on the gap? The next question is, how can I better this? Where is the betterment in this? And then finally, is it sovereign? If the answer is yes, proceed. If the answer is no, swing back to where the betterment comes from. Look at the betterment until you can find something that will up-level whatever that is towards betterment, towards your sovereignty. There's an interesting quote by Frank Conroy. He says, commit yourself to the process, not the project. Invest yourself in the lifestyle, not in the piece of work. A lot of the time we will get focused on things like building a business, like making money, like losing weight, like getting a husband, wife, whatever. Um, That thing is not actually what we're focusing on, what we're investing or committing ourselves to. We are, in fact, committing ourselves and devoting ourselves to who we'll become when we have that thing. Of course, these things always happen so serendipitously, but in my um, coaching group, somebody posted an Abraham quote, and he says, do you understand that what you're creating is you? You are not creating money. You're creating a more prosperous you. You are creating more abundant you. You are creating a you with greater ease, with greater opportunity. You're, it's a you. You are the expander of you. You are the creator of you. And that is where your sovereignty lies, in the creator of you. And when you are devoted to betterment, Everything, when you're devoted to betterment within your own decision of what that looks like, which is where sovereignty comes in, when you've decided what betterment looks like to you and you devote yourself to it, you end up in a five-star hotel delivering a public call and, and, and aware that this is just the start of everything that you've been anticipating. Jackie, can I ask, it's Janet here, can I ask a question, please? Of course, Um, of course. uh, (laughs) Thank you. Um, Just, I wanted to just double check that I got those four questions right, because I I was typing them in my um, notes in a hurry. I've actually popped them into the chat window. Uh, I know you're sensible and you probably have your chat window closed, but I just popped them in there. I want to make sure you've got them right. Okay, right. I've got them there. Um, yes, what am I devoted to? And and obviously once you've once you've uncovered your devotions, you can you'll know. Um, like yeah. it, it becomes almost like your core values or your design map. You know what they are. So is this my devotion? Is this what I'm devoted to? Is my focus on the devotion or is it on the gap? For example, Wait, I like that. I like that um, question so much. <laughs> for example, I'll, I'll give you, here's the, here's the perfect example. You were with me when I was working through this. I ha- my husband is away on a business trip today. I wanted, I asked myself, how, what would be the most sovereign and fun way to celebrate, to spend this time that I'm suddenly completely independent? I don't have to make dinner. I don't have to be or do anything. Um, 
he's out of town for 24 hours. How can I just fill this, right? And immediately, my favorite thing, of course, get thee to a hotel, comes this voice in my head. Mm-hmm. When I w- So I immediately went to Google and I started, um, I typed in five-star hotels in Minneapolis and I was looking at the, the, the numbers, right? The, the costs of the rooms. <laughs> and because they're four and five stars, they're more than I'm used to paying. I will say that I have not been a five-star hotel type person. Um, this was a stretch for me. And suddenly I found myself getting really small. I found myself going, hey, that's a hell of a lot of money for a night, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a lot of money. I, what else could I do with that money? I could, I could do quite a lot of that money. Um, and what then immediately what I noticed was my attention was my focus was on the gap, not on the devotion. My devotion to up-leveling, to be the kind of person who, for whom four- and five-star hotels are normal, that, that isn't somebody who would be going, that's a lot of money for a night, right? So that was where mm-hmm. I was able, I, I, by knowing what my devotion was, I could see that suddenly I was focused on the gap, not on the devotion. I said, where is the betterment in this? The betterment was... Well, just see if there's a coupon. See if there's a there's a coupon. See if there's a special offer, right? I'm, I my mind as well. Just see if I can get it a bit cheaper. But the betterment in this is the experience. The betterment is that for one night, I will this at least for the next month, I will have a night to hold on to where I was in the lap of luxury, and that I can feel it. I can milk this in, experience, and I can deliver this call surrounded by all this gorgeousness, um, there's a lot of betterment in that. And is the sovereign? Hell yes. So it was right there. It was like, okay, that's it. Buy Buy the room. And I did. And what was so amazing afterwards is that within 24 hours, I had two new clients and the cost of the room was covered three or four times over. It was this new operating system. It was this new way of going through things I've gone through many times. I can't tell you how many times I've Googled a night in a five-star hotel because I just love hotels, right? This time was so – because I've been practicing this up-leveling, this constant noticeable improvement and moving towards what what I'm devoted to, this time, it was kind of a slam dunk. Does that make sense? Mm. That's great. That's a great example, too. It's, um, I like how I, it's nice to have an example that's so specific and like most right. can relate to that. <laughs> it's like <laughs> that sense of that all of the stuff that goes with the idea of, you know, having a night in a five-star hotel just for fun. It's like... I mean, it's not just for fun, but not because you're... But the only time I've stayed in a five-star hotel, I was going to a convention for a week um, and it was part of the convention package that you could get a massive discount to stay at the Hilton. And I stayed at the Hilton with fabulous views and I'd made the most of it energetically. But I've never done the thing of staying in a five-star hotel at full price. And I could feel all of the... Even just thinking about it... I immediately get all of this stuff about, you know, the guilt. 
spending money on myself in that self-indulgent mm-hmm. way. It feels self-indulgent. I know that it's, you know, I know that the, per- that the devotion behind it and the purpose behind it is anything but self-indulgent. And yet the old voices in my head would be saying, oh, but Janet, that's just self-indulgent. <laughs> you better and find so- a cheap version. You better stay yeah. at home and fake it. <laughs> Exactly, and that's when I was talking about the resistance. You will come up against the who do you think you are thing, some version oh. or other of it, right? Um, and and it, it's just, it's a sign that we're heading in the right direction. But it needs, I don't think it needs more information thrown at it. It mean, mm. needs diving behind, if that makes sense. Agreed. Because the other thing I was thinking was that the five star hotel, the night in the five star hotel, it's not the thing you did that is the key here. Uh, You know, you wouldn't want people to walk away from this call thinking all I've got to do is book a night in a five star hotel because that's not the point. It's not the thing you do. It's not the action you took. It's all of the stuff that you're uncovering for us, but that happened behind the scenes. That's the stuff that we learn from. Precisely. And so if we took it, if we expanded an analogy and we went through a metaphorical day, right? Um, So, Jamie, are you okay if I use your example of one of your devotions here um, that you put into the chat? Okay. So you said, be fit, toned, and in the best health of my life. So if that was a devotion, if you kept that devotion front and foremost, you could then noodle through your day and see where you could log betterment. Just look for betterment. In other words, it could start with um, doing some kind of hydration station where you monitor how much water you're drinking. It could be um, that you're going to, whereas you do X many steps yesterday, your 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 goal will be, your your focus will be on more steps each day. In other words, betterment. It's 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 simply did I did I walk more than yesterday or at least as much as yesterday? Did I do did I devote myself as much to being fit and toned? Did I did I do something that moves me in that direction? And your betterment comes with how many days you do it consecutively, right? Um and then you could you could look at your fridge. You could look at your grocery shopping. You could look at where things tend might get wobbly for you. For me, for me, example, I am really, really good and really devoted and diligent throughout the day. The minute the TV goes on, for some reason, every crisp and chocolate on the planet calls my name. Um, <laughs> the way I've managed to get that sidetracked is that um, we have a day where we have chips on the, um, you know, while we're watching TV. And I have other little snacks that I have prepared in advance so that when I've got the munchies, I have an option. I also don't buy chips except for one day and I eat them on that day. So I don't have them in the house. That has how, that's how my betterment as far as eating in front of the TV has been changed. Does that make sense? Mm. So you're looking at you're looking at going through your day through the lens of a devotion to being fit, toned, and the best of health. Look through your day and see where you can do better, where the betterment can come in. And Jackie, would you say that 
um, you have the power to decide to have a new devotion. It's not kind of like your core values where it's kind of a part of you and your core values are sort of what they are, you know. Um, what matters to you matters to you. And that's probably, you know, that's running deep. Um, but with devotion, what you choose, can you choose to be devoted to something you weren't previously devoted to? I would say yes, but I'd like you to explain. So if you have, for example, um, a core value of... Mm, well, you tell me. I'll, I'll use my stuff later, but you tell me what, what, what you're thinking. Well, like, um, I, I just was thinking about this, and I'm... I'm so sorry if you can hear my kids in the background. Um, no, we can't hear anything. It's fine. Okay. Um, you know, um, so for a core value, um, if I have a core value of, um, like, connection and building community, um, right. it's, it just, it's very, it's a part of me. If I don't have that, I, like, it's very hard for me. Um, it's, very part of my core being it bring it's part of my joy if i'm Understood. not feeling good i know that that's something that will bring me joy to add more of that in my life now mm-hmm. a devotion i'm just trying to understand like i feel like if someone was like well try not to have that as your core value i'd kind of be like no it, it's a core value that's not it's not going away now i'm wondering though um, if I'm not someone who is currently devoted to making the best possible health choices in my life, is that something that I can grow to be devoted to, even if it's um, hard for me at the beginning or even if it's more challenging to, you know, set the cookies aside? <laughs> like, well, you know, I'm just trying to make sure I grasp this concept of, because um, question number one is, what am I devoted to? And I guess I'm trying to grasp this concept of what does that mean um, that it's something I'm devoted to and how do I identify what I'm devoted to? So tell me your core value again. It was something about building community. What was the first thing? I had said connection, like building connection. community. Yeah. All right. So if you looked at a devotion to health and fitness. Yes, you can have more than one devotion, obviously. We are we are enormous and powerful beings. We can't be slid into one thing. But I would say that a devotion to your health and fitness actually does fit in with your connection. You you because it is something that allows you to do that. With your, you know, if 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 you are fit and healthy, you can stay. You can do all the things that 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 you need to do to build community, to stay connected. People who don't have any energy don't go to, you know, family gatherings. Don't get on the phone. They don't do anything. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I think there's always more of a of a connection. <laughs> um, there, there's always more of of. Um, a, re- a relation between the things that we're devoted to and core values than we than we think. Um, 
So do you do you find do you use core values to help you uncover or determine what your devotion is? I do to a certain degree. Um I and for example, one of my core values that I've I've always known to be a core value is beauty. Um, mm-hmm. beauty for me is its own vibration. It's the highest vibration. And the way, and I am devoted to it, but the way that that comes across is in all sorts of different ways. I will, my devotion to beauty shows up in nesting. It shows up in the things I share on Facebook. It shows up in the way I dress, how I lay my table, um, how I write my letters, um, you know, all these things, they are all simply ways that my devotion to beauty shows up. Mm-hmm. That's why I worry about people who do a goal. I want to make money. Yeah, sure, you want to make money. Um, but 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 what are you devoted to in that? If you're just devoted to making money, that's fine. There are plenty of people who do that. But I think it leads to a very... Um, uh, a narrow life, if that's what I, uh, what we are, we are, we are more than that. Your devotion, when you are devoted to something as, as broad as an up-leveling of your health, it will, it will show up in all sorts of different ways. And yes, I think if you, if it, to sort of clarify your question, I think you can be devoted to health, building your health. You can be devoted to building a community. You can be devoted to grow, um, raising, you know, articulate and smart and happy kids. Mm. And then within that, you look for consistent betterment. Yeah. Make sense? Mm-hmm. So if, if, for example, um, when, when you look at something like, do I eat this cake? Do I go to class today? Do I drink this water? Um, do I have another glass of wine? Asking yourself, when you, when you check in and notice that you're actually devoted to, you're more devoted to health and, and a vibrant state of energy than you are to the taste of that thing right now, it's easier to stay aligned with your devotion. Mm. This is giving me a lot to think about. I have a feeling that this is one of those things that um, I'm just going to continue to have ahas about over the next several days. I was because when you initially started talking about devotion, the first thing that came to me was, um, I'm devoted to being happy. I'm devoted to my kids and my husband. Like those were the only things that came to mind. And um, all right, go ahead. So let's play with that. If you are devoted to your kids, for example, what if that comes up against the devotion to being happy? What if something that either your kids do? or something you might have to do for your kids doesn't make you happy. That causes discomfort. Exactly. If you are devoted not to your kids, but to to 
when because your kids are outside of you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you are devoted to being the best mother you can be for your kids, there is a nuance there that allows you to claim sovereignty. So, um, for an example, um, when my kids were small, um, I refused to. I would not wash anything that was in not in the laundry basket, right? My sovereignty said, I do the laundry and I'm happy to do that because you guys are at school for 24 hours a day just about and whatnot, but I am not your slave. I am not cleaning up after you. Mm -hmm. So this was me being sovereign into my boundaries, what this is. But also at the same time, I was still honoring the devotion to be as good a mother as I could be for them because I felt that martyrdom, which is what I grew up with, and also having somebody do stuff for them all the time and not teaching them some kind of habit as far as laundry goes, that wasn't being a good mom Mm -hmm. in my book, right? Right. So, in fact, holding this boundary honored both my devotion to myself and my devotion to being as good a mother to them as I could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's like taking this call. You know, I said to my husband, well, I said, I didn't tell you about this. There's a call I'd like to do, and if, you know, that works mm-hmm. with you, I'm going to go do the call. No, Mommy, no, no. Okay, I'll be. I'll come talk to you in after the call because I love them, but I also wanted to make this call, which was important to me. So I do, yeah, I definitely see the, um, you, uh, you know, those areas where, um, where it might seem like there's a conflict in a decision, but, you know, when you're um, staying true to your needs as well, that it's, the, you know, it's teaching them something that they're important, but that, you know, self-care and, and um, other things are important as well, and that they need their attention. Exactly. Exactly. And and while they're little, they're not going to understand that you looking after yourself is in their best interest. Mm-hmm. Right? When they're older, they get it. And then right. when, they're, when they get to, when you get to grandmahood, then they're really pleased that you look after yourself well enough to hang around. Yep. Such a good point. So, <laughs> so these are the things, and and you know, it's each of us will approach this differently. What I what I want to leave everybody who listens to this call is that understand it's a process. Um, you don't need more information. You need simply a a, a filter, a way, a lens to look at what you already know and who you are and who you'll want to become. Understanding that sovereignty is the highest form of service and that betterment, a, a steady up-leveling, um, a, a steady and strategic up-leveling um, is going to be the best way for you to, to get to where you want to be. Jackie, I just wanted to chime in as well. And um, what I loved about what you were just talking about is this: the, the distinction, you know, the, the, the parent 
um, parenting example is a really, really good, clear example of it. But just more generally, I was thinking about the, what's so smart about those questions is that if I am thinking that my devotion is to somebody else, when I get to the question that says, is this sovereignty, is this sovereign, being sovereign in my life, suddenly I realize that it, it isn't. I cannot be the sovereign in my life if I'm putting someone else's welfare as my highest priority of all. I don't mean that we don't care about other people. <laughs> I'm not saying no, that's No, no, agreed. But, but, and, but it is that thing of saying that if someone else is a key devotion, it's to me that's almost like a form of slavery. Eventually, at some point, if there is a conflict between my needs and the needs of that other person, and I just, and I have decided that my devotion is to them and they always come first, then ultimately what's going to happen is my needs will always be subjugated to theirs. And when that happens, that's the foundation for slavery, not the foundation for sovereignty. So I think that's actually a really a really core. Um, question to kind of for me especially for me to wrap my head around that as I'm thinking about because as you know I've, I've been going through some major changes in my life over the last <laughs> month and I and um, it's no coincidence we have I've just Jackie knows this but nobody else on the call might um, we've, we've been moving house and in two hours in fact in one hour and 40 minutes settlement occurs uh, just as the sun moves out of Cancer into Leo, it couldn't be more perfect. So this is a really powerful moment for me to sit down and actually use these questions, uh, my own self, to kind of go, well, what comes next? I know that there are things that are going to be different about my business, for example, about um, a whole, ra- you know, a whole range of things. What what do I want that to look like? So I'm very excited to dive into these, and I'm really excited that. Um, that the you know that conversation about other people as a priority has kind of come to the fore because I know that's an area where I could use a little betterment. <laughs> right, absolutely. And I do want to say here that there are times and seasons where one's devotions will shift. Mm. For example, um, my daughter uh, is pregnant and our grandbaby arrives sometime in September. When that baby arrives, my devotion is going to shift to putting her and the baby first. It is a conscious choice. It's something that I'm, I'm ready for. It will also not be permanent. So, and, and I think whenever anybody um, has, for example, you know, um, Janet, when, when you wanted to go and see, when you had to go and see your mum, when um, mm. my my husband was really ill, when there, there are times where our devotions have to be to somebody else for a short while, but we understand that it's not permanent. And in fact, our devotion is to ourselves so that we can be as much of a help and assist them as we can. But our devotion... Our devotion may look like for the moment it's going to be on that person, but it cannot be on that person to the detriment of you for any length of time. I know, for example, if somebody has a newborn baby or a very sick spouse, we will put ourselves 
our needs behind that for a short while. Sovereignty will allow that so long as you understand that it cannot continue. And if you get to a point where you are trying to pour from an empty pitcher, that's when you, you put your boundaries back up. So that's, a the, good, the new, that's such a good the, point. Yeah, Sorry. so for example, the, the new mom asks for a babysitter for a night, not because she's going anywhere, but because she's going to be asleep in the next bedroom. Um, you know, the, the person who's, who's got a, a, a sick spouse will ask for help. Somebody who's, um, you know, uh, will give, you will give yourself, you will honor yourself to feed and support yourself as much as you are doing for that other person. But if the, if the first thing that comes off the top of your mind is that you are devoted to something outside of yourself, um, as in generally, that needs consideration. I think that's a good point, Jackie, and I, I thank you for the reminder because you're quite right. There is, um, you know, when my dad was dying, um, that it was really one of the things that felt so positive and powerful about it was the fact that everyone in the family basically dropped everything, and we, mm -hmm. you know, we knew he we knew he wasn't well. We and we got the call to say, you know, we, we it's, it's time to come home, and you know, mm -hmm. spend the last week with him and. That sense of pushing aside absolutely everything else. You know, I can remember very clearly because I got the call on a Friday evening. So, uh, and I was working full time at the time. So it wasn't until the Monday morning. So I flew up on the Friday, and it wasn't until Monday morning uh, that I could ring my employer to say I won't be at work today. I'm actually two states away. I'm, I'm you know, a two-hour mm -hmm. flight away from my office. Um, uh, and I can remember in that conversation the feeling of I don't care how you respond to my comments right. about this, to the fact that I am not I am not at work. And unsurprisingly, given you know I had a good working relationship with my with my employer, um, and their response was take as long as you need. You know we'll work out the leave when you get back. You've got compassionate leave. You've got plenty of holiday leave if you need to use that. We'll we'll figure all that out when we get back. When you get back, we will set up someone to you know we'll corral your emails and someone else will take care of them. Is there anything current? Are there any current hot cases that we need to know about that you're handling? Uh, and there weren't, which made things easier. Uh, but it just meant that in that moment I was crystal clear that I wasn't about to derail my focus on my dad and my family and everything that he was you know his experience of what he was going through. None of that was going to be, that was my devotion. But it was right. a temporary thing. That wasn't going to be, I wasn't going to, like once after he died and we had the funeral and I got back home and I took a few more days to sort of just to be with myself so I could really go through the major chunk of the grieving process because that was also my devotion. But I wasn't going to stay in that space once the rest of my life kind of picked itself back up again little bit by little bit so yeah, there is this. Um, there we do have this flexibility, don't we, to to say right at the moment that's my devotion. It's right. awareness. It's it's got to be the awareness though. That that's for me yeah. that's the key. And I have, I mean, I've had a client with a six-month-old baby, and she's in she's in tears because you know she's not building her business fast enough. 
And I'm going, honey, (laughs) that's not your devotion right now. Your devotion is to get this little person healthy and, you know, uh, into his first year. Yes, you're going to have to do some juggling, but but this is your devotion right now. Um, And the, the most wonderful thing that I've found about betterment is that betterment, the the devotion to up-leveling everything incrementally means that we can find even the smallest bit of progress when things slow down. So, you know, when, when I was um, moving, the only thing that I could do for my business was send out goddess wings twice a week. And I chalked that up to betterment because it meant that you know, my people still heard from me, um, even though I was doing absolutely nothing else. It meant that I could I could see that there was betterment. This was another week, another month, where I was devoted to my people enough to send them goddess wings. Mm-hmm. And so, as we as we move our devotion. No, not move our devotion. As our devotions take precedence backwards and forwards, um, we we get a chance to still look for betterment in everything, and it means that we don't get stuck on the gap. Right, I'm checking chat quick. <laughs> All right, perfect. Thank you. Well, there we go. It was an hour exactly. Perfect. Thank you, everybody who was on the call. As usual, lots of discussion, I hope, for in the parlor. I will put this up, um, this recording up as soon as I can. And I'm going to stop the recording now. Thank you very much. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.